Hello and welcome to the Cinema ATL Podcast. The Cinema ATL Podcast is a weekly podcast that examines the world of entertainment through the lens of local Atlanta filmmakers. That would be us, your hosts. I am Michael D. Friedman and that is Martin Kelly. And this week, Marvel's back at it again with The Eternals, which is releasing on November 5th. But Martin and I were lucky enough to see an advanced screening. Where does this film rank in the MCU? We'll find out in our non-spoiler review. But first, Martin, why don't you tell our audience how they can help the podcast out? Well, you can help us out if you comment, rate, subscribe, and share it from your favorite podcast format, which could be, I don't know, Apple Podcasts, could be iHeartRadio, could be SoundCloud, could be Spotify, maybe Amazon or Stitcher is more your bag, or Google Podcasts. You can even find us on YouTube. Yes, and we also want to hear from you. You can always tweet us. We're available at CinemaATL, or you can get us at our personal Twitter accounts. Mine is at CleverTransient. Or hit me up at, at Marte underscore real one. And don't forget our Instagram, which is at Cinema ATL Podcast, all one word. Yep. Or you can always check us out on the good old web at cinemaatl.com. Well, let's just get into it, shall we? <laughs> all right. So, Eternals, yes. Marvel's third feature release this year, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The Eternals tells the story of a race of immortal beings who have secretly protected Earth for thousands of years and have helped shape its history. But when an evil force known as the Deviants return, the group must make its presence known again. That's a brief synopsis without telling you a bunch. Just a reminder, we're not going to go into spoilers into this review. So. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. But uh, this film is um, directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao. For, she, of course, won the Academy Award for Nomadland. She also wrote the screenplay with Patrick Burley from Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ryan Furpo and Kaz Furpo, their cousins. And they mainly actually worked in documentaries, which is kind of apropos because um, Chloe Zhao's filmmaking style up to this point has been almost documentary style, actually. Of course, uh, The Eternals is created by the the great Jack Kirby of Marvel Comics fame. Legendary Jack Kirby. Absolutely. And the cinematographer is Ben Davis, who also has been in the MCU before with Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, and even Captain Marvel. So Ben Davis is certainly a veteran of MCU. (laughs) Yeah. The cast includes uh, Gemma or Gemma, I think Gemma, Gemma, Gemma Chan from um, from AMC's uh, f- uh, series called Humans, which she was really good in that. Actually, I've I've seen a lot of that series, and she's fantastic at that. And she's also got a big part in Crazy Rich Asians, and she plays Cersei. Uh, Richard Madden, known for you know this this little television show from HBO <laughs> called Game of Thrones, he plays Icarus. Uh, the great Angelina Jolie plays Thena. The great Salma Hayek plays Ajak. Kit Harrington, who's also on that little HBO show called Game of Thrones, he plays Dane Whitman. And, um, you know, there, there's more to, to him than meets the eye, but he's not a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another HBO veteran, Camille, Camille Nanjani from Silicon Valley. And, of course, The Big Sick, uh, his film debut. He plays Kingo. And Leah McHugh, who I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really that 
familiar with. Right. Uh, I guess she's she's from American Woman, uh, and also from The Lodge, apparently, uh, which I've never seen, uh, unfortunately. Uh, she plays Sprite Brian Tyree Henry, who we know well from Atlanta, the, the TV series. Uh, he plays mm-hmm. Fastos. Uh, Lauren Ridloff, who I didn't really remember that she was in The Walking Dead, but also in The Sound of Metal. She plays Makari. Uh, and then Barry, I'm going to, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Barry Cohen. Keegan. Keegan. Okay. He He's known for Dunkirk, but also two very strange movies. Oh, very, no, sorry. A very strange film from, um, uh, I'm going to blank on uh, his name, but the, the director of The Lobster in, uh, uh, a film, his second film before he did uh, the movie with Olivia Coleman that, that won so much acclaim. Uh, Barry Keegan is in that film. And so uh, he may not be. Sacred Deer? Is that the yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that is a very odd film. And so you you, you may uh, not have recognized him previous because he's kind of hit. He was not that hidden, I guess, in Dunkirk, but he, he definitely didn't stand out as much as he does in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh Don Lee from uh, Train to Busan uh, plays Gilgamesh, and Harish Patel from Hulu's Four Weddings and a Funeral plays Karun, and uh, he's certainly uh, fun to watch, actually, in the film. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, big cast. A bunch yes. of there's a bunch of Eternals. So, uh, you know, we can get into the discussion of the film and. You know, maybe the, you know, the fact that the cast is so big and is, uh, it's, re- I actually really enjoy the cast, but yes. it could be one of the, the yeah. detriments of the film is that there are so many characters. Yes. And it's hard to, you know, really get to spend time with so many characters when you're introduced. They're all being introduced too. It's not like, you know, the Avengers where they had their own movies beforehand. These are right. all brand new characters and, uh, having them all introduced in one movie, even though the movie is what, like two hours and 45 minutes <laughs> <At> long. Least, <laughs> uh, it, it's still, it's still hard to get a handle on all the characters and, and it feels like some characters that you like might not get enough screen time as you'd like. And yeah, I, I think that's, that's, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head when we start discussing, I think this is going to be what kind of is the, the detriment to the film is that, uh, Chloe Zhao does have a lot of characters to deal with and she tries to deal with them admirably. And so it ultimately sort of takes away a little bit of the momentum of the story uh, by spending so much time with all of these characters. And, you know, as good as the cast is, you know, it's, it's not, that does not to say that the characters all hold up. Yeah, and I agree, and then I guess so we might just just start talking about the cast and the characters. But uh, like I, like I said, I think the the cast is uh, really good in this. Um, I really I love the fact that it's very diverse cast um, and just really good actors um, involved in this. I'm I'm actually one of the, probably the few people in the world who has not seen Game of Thrones. So Richard Madden as Icarus <laughs> was kind of a revelation to me. I thought he was great. Uh, and this i thought his role was very nuanced and very out of all the characters in the film i think he has the the best storyline and the the most um stakes uh of the film and i thought he did a great job with it i thought he was really good wow yeah you you really you really ought to 
to get into Game of Thrones because uh, Richard Madden's terrific and Kit Harington actually, who's seen right. less in this film, is terrific in Game of Thrones. So um, I did see Kit really. Harington in the um, the what is it Nine Days in Hell with, yes. uh, with Andy Samberg. <laughs> <He's Yeah. great>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is a crazy a crazy departure for him, but yes, it was it was funny. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, Richard Madden was great. Uh, and I thought Gemma Chan was, she's probably, the, you know, she's like one of the other, like I would give, if you had lead characters in it, it would be her and Richard mm-hmm. Madden. Uh, I thought she did a very solid job. I loved Kumail Nanjiani, like, but I always yes. love him. Yes. I think Brian Tyree Henry is a great, I love him too. And, and I think his character could be really awesome. I would love to see more of him. I, I don't, mm-hmm. we don't see enough of him in my opinion. Yep. Um, Lauren Ridloff, who I love in walking dead. Uh, she's really, you know, puts on a great performance again. And it's interesting that, you know, they would choose a, a deaf uh, character yeah. to be one of the leads. It's kind of interesting. No, I think this is, yeah. The, the first deaf superhero if you want to if right. you want to say which is great well, i think the, it's fantastic in the, in the cinematic world I'm right in the sure. cinematic <laughs> cinematic world but, uh, and, and i really like barry keegan too i thought he was really good as, as drug um I, I you know what's it's funny it's hard for me to it's hard for me to like him just because of the other <laughs> film honestly honestly but, but uh he does a fine job you're right and, but, and his character is really kind of not supposed to be likable honestly yeah in the, in this. and and that's i think he does a good job with that and yeah did great casting i think right. and i also <laughs> love don lee um who i lo- i think he's the best part of train to basan if you haven't seen train to basan i've mentioned this on this podcast before. yes you have really good film um and it was it was great to see him in an in english speaking role um Definitely, and I, th- you know, I, I think you're right. The cast is, is really great, and you know, the, the the shame of it all is that you don't get to see right enough of the ones you really like, and and, and it gets, you know, it gets difficult. And you know, uh, Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek, they do yeah. a fine job. It's as, kind of ironic always. that they yeah. they are very like their characters are important, but they really the screen time for them is yes. uh, since they're the you know most of these actors are coming from the world of television. Mm-hmm. Which you know, when it was going through the list, I was like, "Wow, all these people are coming from you know mainly television stuff." And the two big actors, actresses that we have, uh, movie stars, are really kind of put to the background a little bit uh, in the yep. film. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, 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 it was good. I mean, it's, it's refreshing actually to see them, you know, uh, kind of be comfortable with that, taking the back right. the background a little bit, and and uh, you know, I, I, like I said. Kudos to the the casting and actually the the composition of the of the of the um, the characters. I think that's a really really great thing, um, you know, to be commended. But again, it goes back to like maybe there's way too many, right? <laughs> you know, which is you know sad to say because you know you like seeing all these different kind of characters and all these different different uh, folks represented, and yet it may have harmed the narrative you know in, in my opinion I, I think so as well um and there's a lot of story to tell too which also right. kind of kind of to the detriment of what this film really is and we can talk about this a little bit we're not going to talk about the plot too much um but the the tone of the film is very different than other marvel movies this is really about you know 
building up these characters and their relationships and how they're at, like a family almost. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to, because it's so big, you don't like, that's the best part of the movie, but it's also, it's also trying to shoehorn these big action sequences in and shoehorn this big story, this huge story that takes place over thousands of years on earth. Yeah. Um, so it's like, something's going to get lost in a shuffle and it kind of makes the, the, the film a little uneven in that regard. Um, yes, I agree. Me, right? I agree. No. And, and so I guess, you know, um, we've talked a lot about the cast. That's, that's one of the main things about, you know, without giving too much away, we really just need to talk about the cast and maybe the characters. And what was your, I guess your favorite character? You mentioned I mean, it already. I think my, my favorite character was Kingo, Kamel Nanjiani. I, I think, <laughs> uh, I would have loved to see a little bit more of him because he actually kind of just disappears for like the second half of the movie pretty much. And I, I think, I think it would have been fun to see a little bit more of him. Uh, but, I, you know, but I will say, I also liked Icarus a lot. Richard Madden's performances. I think he's a very interesting character in the, in the Marvel universe. Um, we don't really see that much character development in in these characters as much as you get in one movie from him right right um i really love that and i love the fact that you know you really he's really conflicted and and things are happening to him that he can't really explain and that's kind of at the heart of the movie is kind of like how much do you do you have i guess like the, the central role of the movie is like how much do you have faith in what you believe in and what you think you know, based off of the other things is, you know, what is, what is good and what is bad and how much does your faith play into that? And I think his character really embodies that, that dilemma. And I think that's, that's what's really good about the film. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, it, it, it touches on a theme that we talked about in one of our forgotten films recently um, in, in a certain way. And there's, you know, if I go into too much detail, you know, it gives away uh, something, something in the film, but it actually talks about, and I'll just put it this way. It, it talks about, like you said, your faith in your purpose and, and, and when it conflicts with your actual humanity, right. Right in your feelings. Right. Uh, and so how does that, how is that going to play out? How is that going to actually, um, you know, resolve itself? You know, you've got a strong sense of purpose and yet you develop this really, this really powerful feeling and emotion, right. And it conflicts with your sense of purpose and how is that going to actually play out? So that's kind of, you know, at the heart of the film, um, and, and so it was really interesting, the themes of course, but, you know, like, like you said, this is also still a Marvel movie, and so there right. you, you you you're trying to service that part of it, uh, and yet you know you, you're trying to balance this this really sort of you know emotional uh, storyline and theme uh, along with it with with a lot of characters. So right. it gets it gets you know it gets hard to do, and, and you know I think it's a I honestly think it's a really valiant effort at it. Uh, I just don't know that it actually came together the, as well as it could have. Right. I, I, I agree with you on that. I, and I mean, let's talk about that a little bit, like kind of like Chloe Zhao is, as this Marvel action director, like how, how did, how do you think she did in that role? I think for me, I think, you know, I, I, I love, I love the attempt. 
<laughs> and, yeah, right, right. and there's stuff in this film that's very very beautiful and very well done but it just doesn't cohesively come together for me and it does feel like two different films fighting for screen time to me it seems like you're getting the Chloe Zhao like you know human story and the relationship story and then you're putting in the Marvel spectacle and this big it's huge spectacle because you're talking about the celestials and, and these, right. these beings that were these things that were created by Jack Kirby. And if you ever read the comics, you know, these big cosmic beings uh, and, and just kind of the, the crazy cosmic nature that Jack Kirby created of this, like the Marvel, I'm going to say Marvel universe, but the, you know, the, the, the gap, the extended galaxy that exists around the earth and Marvel has got some of these fantastic creatures and, Right, gods right. and, and things like that, and um, to and it, yeah, yeah, it's it's to put it's those amazing. together, it's like really, it's a really tough job, and I don't think it succeeds a hundred percent. No, no, I agree, and and I think you know part of it, you know, I, I I'll take a little bit of a shot at at some of the um, I guess not effects, so to speak. I mean, none of the effects were bad per se, but I I didn't the 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 uh, you know the. The villains, you know, the villains, right. for lack of a better word. The deviants. We, we've already mentioned them. Oh, right? yeah. We talked about the deviants. So the deviants themselves didn't really feel, and I don't know, like the rest of the Marvel Universe somehow feels real in right. a way, but then these deviants didn't quite feel real to me. And I don't know what it was. Uh, I, think Just, it, I, I think it has something to do with the, the action sequences were hard to follow for me. Like, And I think this comes from somebody who is not an experienced action director, um, especially some yeah. of the scenes, like the sequences where they're fighting in the jungle and it's like dark and it's hard to figure out what's going on and who's fighting who. And, yeah. um, and it, it does take, it does take talent to sh shoot an action film. Otherwise it just becomes all just chaos and your eye doesn't know where to focus. And I feel like that was part of the issue, at least for me, and why the deviants didn't feel real. And then also just suffering from the typical Marvel villain right, problem. Right. <laughs> right. No, totally, totally. And and I think another reason why, you know, and again, this is, you know, not to make an excuse, but she these eternals all have different powers, right? They don't right. all have the same powers. And so to keep up with all of the different powers within an action sequence is probably really difficult. You know what I mean? And so you don't know who can do what, you know, at what time. And you, right. you know, like you said, sometimes it's dark and you don't even know who's fighting that deviant. You know what I mean? At, at the particular time. So you don't know what power to expect, you know, in terms right. of, of, of part of it. So it, it does, you know, it does get a little bit chaotic, you know, at times, which does take away a little bit from, uh, you know, the, the connection to the audience, you know what I mean? In my opinion. Right. Especially when they're fighting out of costume, it's really hard to kind of figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause, and I think this is why superhero movies and superheroes in general have costumes, these big colorful costumes. So you can instantly pick them out, you know? Right. And, um, you know, for a lot of the movie, they're not in their costume. Some of it, they are. The end, the end, and I think that's why the end sequence kind of works better than most of the other action sequences in the film is because they are in costume at the end. And it is easier yeah. to see what's going on. And we do get to spend time with these characters um, now that we've known their powers and, and they kind of exactly. almost kind of like pair off into their separate battles yes. and it's not so chaotic. And yes. that works well. And I'm not saying that the, the other stuff doesn't 
isn't bad. It's just right, right. It's not a bad. little confusing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think you you make a great point. And and I've seen other people kind of um, make fun of the colorful um, costumes, right? Um, you know, in, I've, I've read a couple of other reviews, and like they're making fun of these colorful costumes. But you make a great point. Those give us our visual cues, right? right. In superhero movies, we follow the colors, right? We follow the color scheme. Once we know which character is which, you know what I mean? It's easier for us to follow. Uh, and so it does help in, in, in a sense, like you, like you mentioned, the later action scenes are much easier to follow than the earlier ones. Yeah. I mean, especially when you see, Oh, oh Cersei's wearing green. Okay. I know, I know that's her. Yeah. And, and yeah. Icarus is blue and, Absolutely. you know, and like, and it's, 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 it makes it much easier to follow. And I think that's kind of, part of the rationale for that definitely definitely um, I, I think so you know we, we jumped around a little bit and you know i mentioned what my standout character is but i didn't ever ask you and I, maybe i'm just a selfish bastard who just wants to hear himself talk <laughs> you don't but, uh, you don't care what i think so what, was, what was your favorite character <laughs> oh you don't care what i think no i i i, I do think uh you're right i liked i liked uh, uh the kingo character Mm-hmm. A lot, and I would have liked to see more of him because he was he provided a a lot of comic relief, which of course Camille, uh, you know, is going right. to do. You know, he's fantastic at that. He does a lot of that, but he also has a lot of insight that the others didn't have. You know right. what I mean? And and some really, um, you know, really good points that he made during the film. That you know, I, I would have loved to see even more of that, of even more of him peeling back the layers and being able to see. Clearly, because he's maybe the most high functioning, uh, you know, eternal, you know, in terms of as part of the the real right. world. <laughs> so well, he feels like he's most connected to humans, even though right, he's, right, even though he's not the one who's the has theoretically the strongest connection to them. Right, but he he does seem to get them and understand how to be one, uh, at least on the surface level, um, more than most. Right. So I agree. That was my favorite character too. But I did like I did like a lot uh, the Cersei character, um, mm. and you know I respected the fact that she, you know, she has this really big heart for the humans, right? That she's protecting, right. and I, you know, her struggle and her pain, you know, and her doubt. You know what I mean? It really shone through. You know, and, and I think she did a great job at at uh, you know working working with those, um, you know, levels of, of the storyline. Um, so I did, I did enjoy her and, 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 you know, and what she was bringing to the table uh, in terms of uh, this story. And I also, I also enjoyed Gilgamesh too. I, I wish I would have seen a little bit more of him too. He seems like a really. Yeah. You know, he, he was complex character for as little screen time as he has. He was. Yeah. And then he, he also was one of the more, um, you know, uh, selfless characters of the right. group. For sure. Um, I think you know we talked about uh, Chloe Zhao's director. We talked about let's talk about let's talk about the tone a little bit, like and maybe just kind of how how does this fit into the MCU? I think that's one of the things, and this is this is kind of why I feel like, and I think I mentioned it too right afterwards, is that I felt like it wasn't connected enough. You know right. what I mean? I think we've come to expect we've come to expect 
the connections between these films because they've done such a good job of interweaving all the different characters from different movies and yet weaving them in to all the movies and then you get a you know you get the avengers movies where they're all together and they're all connected and then these characters are completely disconnected from all of them i mean they reference them sometimes but then they're so disconnected and so it that's the that's another thing that really kind of takes it out of takes it out of sort of um it's a little out of place in a lot of ways because they're not connected to any of them because we're so used to that in the, in you know at least in the movie world right and it kind of it kind of goes to me kind of what I've what I've bashed DC for in the past is not not setting up their characters and then bringing them together for you know what I mean it's like this is almost like if Justice League kind of Justice League and DC was like well we're just gonna like bring together some characters that haven't really been on screen and just kind of throw them all together yeah um, yeah and, and and then like you said like yeah they mention some of the stuff in the MCU but then they don't really have a real connection with them they just talk about it so it's kind of almost like if i didn't know better like i know where the eternals come from and i know the history of it i've I've never been like a big eternals fan i don't really know the characters that well but i do know that the eternals have been around for a while and jack kirby created them and all this stuff but if i didn't know that i would just assume that this movie was this script was written and they shoehorned it into the marvel universe yeah i mean it honestly it does feel like the way only because of the expectation we have from watching all right. the other marvel movies you know what i mean and and i think that's that harms it as a marvel film you know what i mean and yet it it isn't completely taken into the realm of a like a chloe Zhao drama you know what i mean so it it that's what kind of puts it a slightly out of place as well in that regard and not going to talk about what's on the end credit scenes but nope, nope. there are two of them so stick around definitely um and uh i will say that even even those don't connect it as much as i would have liked <laughs> no exactly put it that way. exactly um, those are those are some of the like least sort of uh you know I, mean, I shouldn't say this, I guess, because we're telling people to stick around. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, like, if you're a big Marvel fan, you'll you'll get the references in them, but it's not bringing. Yeah, if you're a casual one, though, you won't you won't know anything. Right, right, <laughs> right. You'll be asking. You'll be looking it up afterwards. <laughs> right, or, or asking somebody who you go who you went with that, that knows what the hell that is. Like I asked you, like who the hell was that? Right. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I mean, we we don't want to go too deep down down the hole. We don't want to give too much away. So I think it's best if we kind of talk, stop the talk about it here and just kind of talk about what we maybe let's talk about the one thing we liked about it and one thing we didn't like about it and then give our ratings. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, go ahead. Do, I'll kick it off. The one thing I liked about it was sort of the, the depth of the themes that they were going for. And, you know, and again, a great cast, you know, there's no, you can't, there's no two ways about it. Fantastic cast. So it's enjoyable to watch. Um, so that's the best thing, you know, about the film. Uh, the worst thing about the film is how disconnected it feels on all those le- levels. We just kind of talked about, at least I did, you know, about how it doesn't feel like part of the Marvel universe when you want it to. And then the, the vil the villains just seem a little out of whack. You know what I mean? They don't quite, connect you know as as viscerally as as other villains would would and and like you mentioned a little bit of a confusion you know in terms of uh uh how the action sequence actually flow right 
Um, for me, um, I think the best thing uh, is kind of similar to you. I, I love the I love what they were trying to do with it. Uh, I love that they were trying to, to explore these bigger themes and really delve into relationships, even though they might not have hit the mark exactly. Um, the The thing I disliked about it the most was actually kind of the I think the script itself was very clunky. Uh, and, and this is a problem I have with a lot of Marvel films is there, there's points where they just try to explain everything that's going on to the viewer. And it feels like you're watching somebody's PowerPoint presentation on like, the history <laughs> right. of the Marvel universe. Yeah, um, yeah. it happens in a lot of Marvel movies, actually. I mean, they, they did it in guardians of the galaxy two with the, when ego was showing him like the, the things and they even did it in Loki uh at the end but uh that was a little bit clunky to me but overall the script itself is like there's great moments in it but the script is kind of falls apart on its own its own weight under its own weight mm-hmm. um and it's kind of hard to follow at the beginning like you don't really know what time period you're in half the time and i, I think that was intentional but it also it's kind of confusing yeah yeah i think you're right um so let's actually do this let's give our grades and then kind of like where we feel it fits uh if we were to do our rankings like like where would you put it like just in in general well you know i I think i'm gonna give it you know uh, a a c plus i'm gonna give it a c plus um and then it would fit kind of in the bottom tier for me just Mm. because of how disconnected it is from you know, from the other ones, you know, we, we did our, our Marvel list recently, not too right. far, not too long ago. And um, the ones that are on the top of my list, you can tell are the ones that are like the most connected, like, you know, Avengers right. Endgame and stuff like that. So that's why, you know, just my feeling right now is it's in the, it's in the lower tier just because of the fact that it's so disconnected. Right. I'm going to give it, I'm also going to give it a C plus actually. Um, it's enjoyable enough and it's interesting. And I think that, uh, further viewings might increase my like of this film and mm-hmm. might also decrease. I don't know. It's, uh, this has been very conflicted on this film. Um, I've gone back and forth a lot. Um, but I also feel like that once these characters get introduced into the greater Marvel universe, that maybe we'll appreciate this one a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think you, you you might be right, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing the development of some of these characters because, you know, uh, I, I think it's it's worth watching that journey. And, and you're right, it may, this film may resonate more once they get integrated more into the right. universe. And then uh, for my rankings, I would kind of agree it's probably in the, it's probably in the lower third, um, but but towards the top of the lower third, I would think. And um I definitely liked it better than Black Widow, uh, but lo- less than Shang Chi. So of the new ones that have come out this year, gotcha, gotcha. No, and I, I think it's I, I agree that it's less than Shang Chi uh, for sure, uh, and I, I agree it's it's in the upper echelon of the lower third, in my opinion too. I, I agree. All right. All, right. All right, so that's your preview into Eternals. Hopefully, we didn't sway you one way or the other. Maybe it's still good to see it. If you're still interested in seeing it, hopefully, or if you weren't going to see it, maybe, maybe you will now. I don't know. Um, but you know, uh, hopefully let us know after you see it, what you think about our review and whether we were right or wrong. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see how this does at the box office. It's a little bit more of a mature Marvel movie. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, but I would say, you know, if you're, if, if you, if you love big movies, go see it. It's still worth it to see right. a big, big movie at the theater. And, and I, honestly, what I would say is even if you're not a Marvel fan, yeah, you, you might actually might like enjoy this. this film more, actually, right. if right. you're not Absolutely. a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. So it That's does have possible. that going for it. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening yet again. And like I said, let us know what you think after you see the film. I know we're getting it out early, but hopefully this will help you make a decision whether or not you want to go to the theater and see it or wait. Um, and like as usual, we want you to um, please share this podcast. Yes, please let please. people know about it. Please you know, write comments to us. We want to hear back from you. Definitely. Um, and that just only helps get the word out on the podcast. And then finally, before we wrap up, I want to thank Eureka Failure. And I said their name correctly on the first try this time. Nice. Good they job. They provide the music for us each and every week. You can check them out uh, wherever you get streaming music. And then finally, Martin, let's, let's hear your words of wisdom for this week. Well, this week is a special week. And uh, my words of wisdom are going to be very simple and probably turn some people off. But my words of wisdom are go Braves. <laughs> I don't think you'd be turning many people off. I think most of the country is behind the Braves. Uh, I, I saw that. It was like uh, a map of, uh, of uh, like Braves fans and, and, and Astros fans. And the Astros fans are basically Houston. Houston and, that's and, that's it. It. and then everybody else is a Braves. Yes, yeah, so I think I think the... The Astros are the villains in this regard, so hopefully they're the, we'll... they're the patriots of the major leagues. <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. Maybe next week, if we if we know if the Braves have pulled it out or not. Um, but uh, we'll see you again next time on the Cinema ATL podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.